When Jesus drew near Jerusalem, seeing the city, he wept over it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. One of the unfortunate stereotypes of Christianity is that of the hellfire and brimstone religion. In movies, a sermon is expected to be delivered in an elevated voice and to contain numerous warnings and chastisements. The popular conception is that the Christian God is an angry God and that his ministers have to preach sermons filled with that same emotion. Some of this misunderstanding of what Christianity is all about stems from the lack of understanding of God himself. The person who sees God as primarily the angry God is making the classical mistake of man making God into his own image rather than the other way around, the fact that we're made in the image of God. That's because we humans tend to be short-tempered and unforgiving. Longer on anger and jealousy and shorter on compassion and mercy. Now, of course, we would be wrong to think that we have nothing to fear if we refuse to keep the commandments. Now, we would be foolish indeed if we were to suppose that. So after giving us a knowledge of the faith, God will not hold us accountable to practice it. It's not true. The truth of the matter is that God is both merciful and just, and only he is in perfect combination. Now the gospel this morning tells us that our Lord wept when he saw Jerusalem, that he knew that the people he had favored with his own revelation, his chosen people, his am segulah, as the Hebrew says, would reject him. Both literally and figuratively, Jerusalem, the city of God, would be smashed. Not one stone would be left standing upon another stone. And this would physically be accomplished when the Romans sacked the city 40 years later, leaving very little standing. But it would be accomplished in a more symbolic sense when the Jews rejected their savior and crucified him. So the tears of our Lord tell us of his mercy. His sacred heart is moved with compassion for the misery of his people. We see this throughout sacred scripture. Even in the Old Testament, where justice of God seems to be often emphasized, we still read of his mercy. The Lord is compassionate and merciful, long-suffering and plenteous in redemption and mercy, the Psalms. As a father has compassion on his children, so has the Lord compassion on those who fear him. The Lord God, merciful and gracious, patient and of much compassion. And all the more we read of God's mercy in the New Testament, 
the parables of the prodigal son, those of the shepherd and the sheep, the lost sheep, the constant call of sinners to repentance. Thy sins are forgiven thee, go and sin no more. The miracles of our Lord work to heal the sick of their physical ailments. And most of all, we see in our Lord's very life, the mercy of God who loved his people enough to become one of them and to lay down his own life for them. However, we must not forget that God is also just. Of his very nature, he is motivated to give everyone what they are due. And we'd be really foolish indeed if we were to expect God to reward us for each and every achievement and yet expect him to look the other way when we've done something wrong. Justice and mercy are perfectly united in God. We might think of them as the sides, two sides of the same coin. This is clearly seen in today's gospel, wherein we see our Lord weeping over the destruction of the temple over Jerusalem, and then going inside to drive out the money changers. Mercy and justice. God is generous, and his rewards are often greater than his punishments. But we have no right to expect or demand this of him. Perhaps the most generous thing God has done is to actually let us know what is expected of us. In the Psalms, King David rejoiced, he said, he has proclaimed his word to Jacob, his statutes and his ordinances to Israel. He has not done this for any other nation. His ordinances he has not made known to them. As St. Paul tells us, we have the example of those who were punished for their transgressions in the Old Testament. These things are written for our correction, he says so that no temptation may take hold of you, he tells us in the epistle today. And again, he tells us that God will not allow us to be tempted beyond our strength. His mercy and justice together will not allow that. We ought to be impressed with God's justice. It will bring us our just reward but it's also something to be feared. Yet that fear should be a healthy fear. God is also merciful, and that mercy ought to be inspiring of our love for him. Our understanding of God must not be one-sided. We should not be all fire and brimstone, but neither can it be all roses. Perhaps it's best summed up in the gospel, which tells us that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You see, in this one act, we see both God's love and his justice. Let's hope that this week, it will move us to the love and justice 
which are proper to our own human nature, that each of us, loving God, will keep the justice of all his commandments. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.